It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, the times in which we live are changing dramatically. Uh, even recently, I, I read a report on from Google saying that the way the information is changing, it's like doubling every 24 months or so. Wow. And that their guess is in the next year, maybe two, it's going to be doubling every like year. And they're, they're guessing probably in the next decade that it's probably going to be doubling every like couple of months. Like the amount of information. I mean, the times in which we live are just quickly shifting around. And even this last year, as you look at what's happened, even this one year, there's been a lot of shift in the culture and in society in just one year. So you preached a message on Sunday called As the Sons of Issachar, talking about understanding the times in which we live, which, by the way, if someone hasn't listened to that, I would encourage them to go to ellerslie.com and listen to that message. Could you give a quick summary? But today we're talking about this idea of the, a strategy uh, to, to actually to handle this issue. Could you just kind of flesh that out? strategy to actually handle this issue. I forgot that, the name. I was like, that, that, that was that our word? Uh, <laughs> Oh, a great moment. Yeah. Uh, a strategy to actually handle this issue. Maybe we should change the title to that. It's a strategy of the strategy of recalibration. Recalibration, yes. <laughs> oh, I had yesterday's title. I was like, well, I don't know why I have yesterday's title in my head. I was like, I'll just try to skip oh, it. Oh, that's a great title, yeah. though. Uh, but, okay, so we obviously are, I don't think anyone's going to argue. Everything is shifting yeah. so fast. And out of my 50 years of living, the last year, has literally been the fastest movement of change. The fa- For us, most of us feels like meltdown. Yeah. But it's the fastest meltdown of a culture that I've ever experienced. And so what you're saying with the Google stats makes sense. It's just a different element of society. And every now and then there is a spike in world development that causes a like that causes an industrial age or something that literally shifts the way people live and people start moving to cities and there's various things world war one is one of those markers and up until till world, world war one I, I mean the main transportation was horse and now suddenly automobiles are going to start coming in why because of the war the manufacturing the technological development all these things are going to skyrocket in and through world war 1 and it's going to introduce all of these new technologies and it's going to change society dramatically and most of us are going to look back at that and go well that wasn't evil necessarily well some people looked at it as as, as if it was evil and now we're dealing with an introduction of ideology at such a fast level. I mean, some of the things that have crept in uh, as far as the critical race theory, for instance, it's been around a long time, but in this past year, it's been shoved down our throat. This whole cancel culture movement, this woke uh, thing, it's not that it's new. The ideology behind it has been percolating for a long time, and then it found its stage. And in a matter of, I mean, it felt like days, the whole culture was adopting these things. And yep. some of these notions behind them are just like, are you serious? And then it's Christians that are adopting it too, almost like they didn't have a guard up. They didn't know what to do. And the cool crowd's going this way, so I'm going that way too. And so uh, change is a very real thing. Whether you like change or not, we're in a changing world. And that's hard for some of us that really like the old way of doing things. I mean, I, I've really struggled with uh, mobile. Uh, it's 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 funny. I I struggled with websites first off, and I did. It's like I don't want to have to have a website. And then it's like, okay, well, you have to have a website. So I get a website, and then these mobile devices come out, and it's like, yeah, you need to move to mobile design. 
Well, I don't like mobile design. I think mobile design is a job. I don't look at my the web on my mobile device. Yeah, but everyone else does. And it, it always bothers me. I don't like being pushed around by everyone else. We were talking before we started this message. They? Who is they? And they are all looking at their uh, their the websites on mobile. Well, mobile stinks. It's a terrible thing to design for. And so our team has always struggled because there's quite a few people on our team that are not that altogether dissimilar from me. And it's like, ah, why do we have to do this? I don't even like social media. I don't like Facebook. I've never posted on Facebook. I've never even looked at Instagram. I don't even know how it works. And so I'm like old school trying to communicate with an ever-changing world. And this idea of recalibration has actually been very critical for me because it's very easy to become old right now because new is different every day almost. And so the moment you sort of clamp down and say, this is where I'm staying is the moment you are outdated tomorrow. And uh, so how do we as Christians maintain the integrity of our witness, the message of truth and not compromise it, but at the same time, deal with an ever-changing world around us. And that's, of course, sort of the topic of discussion here. So could you just sort of kick us off in the direction maybe to explore some of our key thoughts? Yeah, I think it's important as we're walking through this to remember that there's two kinds of change, right? There's there's one that we're always going to change. Like we, we should always be progressing. We should always be growing. We should always be becoming more like Christ. It's called Christ. sanctification. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually, that's good. And we need that kind of change. Um, so there's there's a healthy version of change. I would say it that way. Mm-hmm. There's another kind of change that actually seems problematic when we begin to compromise mm-hmm. and say, well, in order to reach uh, this particular group, I need to become just like them. Uh-huh. Now, there's a truth statement in that because Paul even says, I'll, yeah. I'll become like the Jews in order to reach the Jews. I'll, you know, there's that idea. But if I'm going to reach uh, alcoholics, does that mean I have to become an alcoholic? Yeah. No, actually, that's going to harm the message. Yeah. So there's this there's this tension of saying, okay, well, change in itself is is not the issue, but it's how I'm going to handle that change. So in terms of growth and progression and all that kind of stuff, I I need I need to change, right? The culture is changing, so maybe I do need to not change the message, but maybe I do need to change how I am communicating that message. Yeah, right. Uh, Salvation Army had the brass bands. I don't think that's going to work well today <laughs> if we're marching down the street with brass bands, but that. That's, it's a whole different yeah. culture. And it was extraordinarily impacting at the time. Oh, it was brilliant. also radically disturbing yes. to many people in the, <laughs> in the traditional church. Yeah, it was they on, it was on the front lines. They did not have a grid for it. And now we look back and we sort of chuckle. It's like brass bands <laughs> going around the community with a trombone just doesn't have a great impact uh, today. But we need to know what does. And yep. we need to be on the front lines. The front lines is where the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit knows the chinks in the armor of the culture. He knows what is needed. He knows what's happening in the culture. He knows the change. He's not intimidated. What he's looking for, Christians, believers, who are going to not just get stuck in their way, mm-hmm. but are ready to follow his way. When the cloud moves, the tabernacle needs to move. And now we are that tabernacle. So when the cloud moves, when the spirit of God moves forward, we are saying, yes, Lord, I'm ready to go in that direction, even if it means mobile website design. <laughs> <laughs> I think a good illustration of that is the story of Mary and Martha. You know, Jesus comes into town and he's in Bethany. And so as culture and as, as right, they invite him into the, into their home and show hospitality. And of course, you know, partway through the day, um, Martha comes out and is a little frustrated at Mary because here's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
And Jesus says, she actually chose the better way. Now, it's interesting when you look at both of those things, Martha is actually doing what is correct. Uh, Martha is actually doing what is right, uh, what is proper, what is culturally acceptable. Her mom did it that way. Her mom, her, I should say her mom's mom and her mom's 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 mom did it that way. Exactly. This is the right way of doing it. And yet Mary did something even better. So again, there's, there's a right, but then there's a more right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting what Mary actually was doing was against everything in that culture. Mm -hmm. It was totally politically incorrect. You know, here she is, she's going into the the room that Jesus would have been at is this courtyard area, which had been the courtyard for men. So a woman entering in would have been a little scandalous. A woman sitting at a rabbi's feet (laughs) in that day, in that culture would have been incredibly scandalous. And yet it's like, she doesn't care at all with the social norms, with the political correctness. She recognizes that the Messiah has come to town. And so she is giving up her former way of thinking Mm -hmm. to say, I, I need to embrace the one who is life. Mm-hmm. And so she just goes against everything, sits at the feet of Jesus, and Martha gets frustrated, not mm-hmm. merely because she, Mary's not helping her. That's a big part of it. But it's also because Martha recognizes what she is doing, what, what Mary is doing, yeah. and realizes the scandal of this whole thing. And yet I love Jesus's response. Martha, thank you for, for serving the food, but... Mary has actually chosen the better way. And Jesus defends Mary. Mary didn't even have to defend Mm -hmm. herself. And I think it's a reminder in our culture that as culture is shifting, the Messiah, what what does Jesus want to do in this day and age? And for us, we may it may not look politically correct. It may not look socially acceptable. We may look insane. It may look like brass bands uh, in today's culture. And yet, what is it that God is wanting us to do for the sake of the message? Again, Mm -hmm. the truth doesn't change, but the way we communicate that truth probably needs to change because what worked 3,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 300 years ago is not going to work in our culture today with with what we have. So how how does God want to communicate in the days in which we live the truth to radically influence and change these That's people? Good. And so I think an illustration that is fascinating, I don't know if it'll be fascinating for the listeners, but it's been fascinating for us to sort of observe is what we call our student handbook at Ellerslie and the atmosphere we're creating at Ellerslie because the atmosphere we, we want to maintain. And right now, you and I would be fighting hard to say we want to maintain an atmosphere. What's the key to the atmosphere? The key to the atmosphere is focus on Christ when you come to Ellerslie. So what's going to help maintain that atmosphere? And that's what's weird for us is we've actually, we have to acknowledge that changes a bit. In other words, when we started, I was a proponent and a fan of everyone sort of dressing up. And it's like, let's have a higher dress code when people come here. It'll be honorable. And, uh, you know, I had this huge vision for it. And I, I had spent years of my life with the same attitude. And I had seen the impact upon my life when I don't just walk around in my PJs. I, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to take good care of myself and I'm going to live honorably, showing deference and love for those around me by doing so. And so what was meant by that at the time was, you know, it could be slacks uh, for a guy, nice button-up shirt, tie every once in a while, maybe. You could do an open collar, and that's okay. I don't think that's a diminishment. Maybe a blazer every now and then, throw that in. And what's fascinating is I would have said early Ellerslie, it was actually a marvelous environment because of it. It was like, it was really powerful. There came a point, and I don't know if we could say around five years ago, would that be about right, mm-hmm. where... All of us sort of, 
in one voice almost were like, why are we dressing this way? <laughs> <laughs> it's because the concept of even how our culture dressed and what was deemed excellent and honorable dress actually changed. And just as an illustration, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when we first started Ellerslie, for a man to be presenting in front of an audience and to be wearing a button-up shirt and slacks, he would tuck in his shirt and have a belt. And that was clean, nice, orderly. Now, if you watch me, the only time I will tuck in my shirt, which sounds really weird even for me to say it out loud, is when I have a blazer or a suit coat on. And then I'll tuck in my shirt because it seems, and I have actually worn a blazer with my shirt untucked before too. So just to know there is an exception to this. But for the most part, I actually wear my shirts untucked with jeans. Oh, oh God forbid. That's happening. <laughs> and it's, it's because we as Ellerslie have recognized that the, the standard of what communicates excellence actually shifts over time. And so to try and hold on to one way of dressing, to say this is the way you have to do it, actually would be an impediment to both ourselves and to our audience. And it's funny, I look back at old videos, I don't really want anyone doing that, but I look back at old videos and I'm somewhat embarrassed by how I'm dressed, right? I'm just like, come on, buddy. That's just not, but that's because I'm looking at a different time period. And you could do that with any time. We look back to the 1940s and we're going to be like, they dressed that way, they acted that way, they spoke that way. And so knowing the times in which we live and what we ought to do is important. And so we have morphed the way that we protect this environment. And we have less emphasis in areas that we used to have more emphasis. And it's not a compromise to us. It's it's not a compromise to wear jeans, scripturally speaking. You know, it's like God doesn't say, do not wear jeans, only slacks. And yet for some of us, it, you sort of wonder, are we compromising? Are we? Because how do you adapt? But there's a difference between changing from slacks to jeans and changing from being against, let's say, pornography to suddenly saying it's not a big deal. In other words, we have to hold our ground. Certain areas don't change, but then there's other things that we need to be adaptable and agile and athletic in our spiritual representation of Christ on this earth. It, we're, we want to show him. We don't want to show in, you know, a pattern of 10 years ago what looked you know, good and what worked then. We want to be adaptable, and that's, it's a unique challenge to all of us. I think it's really hard in the church because the moment you begin to say, well, we're, we're loosening up certain things over here, yeah. it makes it actually sound like you have no boundaries and yeah. it makes it just sound like you've gone incredibly liberal and everything is open. And that's yeah. actually not what we're saying. What we're yeah. saying is you, you need to know the areas that you need to guard and protect and you need to know the areas that are changeable. Yes. And the problem for most of us is it's usually the ones that uh, shouldn't change that we're willing to okay, change, whatever. Yeah. And it's the stuff that it's the peripheral stuff that we're like, that's what I'm going to be dogmatic about. Yeah. And we, I think we as we begin to recognize that Okay, jeans is actually becoming not wearing jeans is becoming a trip up point for yeah. families, big families yeah. who have to buy clothes and all that kind of stuff. But it's not that the environment has changed. Yeah. We're still protective of our environment. Uh, we're still guarding the fact that this needs to be a Christ focused place. In fact, I think all of us as leaders are more excited to. I mean, I'm noticing you're wearing jeans today. I can't I do. believe it. Almost uh, every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have jean day every and, day. And, and, and I'm not tucked in either. So, uh, I can mean. Can you believe that? Oh. Uh, but both of us understand that change. We've both sort of walked through it. And it's not that we want to criticize the way it was 11 years ago. Yeah. Actually, the way it was 11 years ago was obedience and it was sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and sensitivity to how we could best impact our audience. And now it's the same thing. God 
use us. We want to impact our audience uh, well. What is that? We don't want to have unnecessary barriers between us and our audience, but at the same time, we don't want to compromise our Christian witness to try and reach our audience. So that's the the unique balance that what we're calling the strategy of recalibration. That's true. Eric, could you give one quick practical of, all right, now that someone's heard all this, mm-hmm. how, how does someone actually take this and make it practical in their own life? In other words, what, what could, what's like one step somebody sure. could do just as a closing of, of, as an outflow of, of this? Oh, I think it's to just freshly look like we do, we're doing, we do audits on our, our processes here at Ellerslie. We do audits on the way we communicate things. We do audits on our website, how we presenting this. And when we do, we need to recognize that God, is this the, the way that you want to say it now? Or is there a better way for us to do it? It's that old concept of God saying, sing to me a new song. We have a tendency to have an old song that we we sing, and we love that song. That song just says it. And oftentimes God will move us to say, but I want a, I want a deeper expression from you. And that's going to come through, oftentimes, as we talked about yesterday, relinquishment of an old to adapt to something that God wants to say to us is going to be even better. Just would you follow me, Eric and Nathan, as opposed to getting stuck in your, uh, your ways. Uh, let me work through you. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.